0: Even in a pandemic, a new year is an opportunity for a fresh start. So come on in as we talk all things finance and how we're making it make sense for 2021. Hey y'all, I am your host, Shannon, and I'm your host, Tiana, and And we we are Two Dope Creatives.
1: Now this podcast isn't what you'd expect from two graphic designing moms. This is real life where creativity and personal growth meet. So
0: whether you are a stay-at-home mom, inspiring creative, or a boss entrepreneur, come and hang out with us every week as we jump into the design of everyday life with candid and humorous conversation that will inspire and feed your creative soul.
1: Oh, and don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button because you don't want to miss this.
0: talking about in March it's gonna be money, 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 money. Money. but I think I wanted to take a do you know we would talk about taking a different approach with it because you know we got everybody named mama you can just go about to anybody's platform and find things about finances credit home ownership wealth building honey and if another person from Bitcoin or forex trading <laughs> and buy But, you know, there's all types of things on the Internet about finances. And so I'm like, okay, well, can we take a a life by design approach to finances? And, you know, us, were you trying to think of something to be out, you know, for it to be out of the box when it comes to dealing with finances? And so um, today, but I look forward to having all of our guests that we're going to have on for the month of March. That's going to be really exciting because this is something that I am not an expert in at the least bit. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm finance. Actually, illiterate, but it's just finances, math and school, all of that has just not never been my forte. So it's something that I don't know about, you know, much about. So I'm excited to be on the receiving end of all of this and just hear all of this good wealth and knowledge and stuff. And that's going to help me. What? How do they say it? Your your financial portfolio, uh-huh. make my financial portfolio look look better. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I am real excited about that. But, you know, since we're in the beginning of the month, month for March, I thought we could just take this time today and just talk about our expectations or like they say, set your intentions for the month and, you know, and what we're gonna expect, what we're gonna hope to get out of this month, and just really talk about our relationships with money. Yeah. You know, when we were talking earlier, I just kind of coined this the psychology of money because money has always been for me in my life, a point of contention. I guess there's been like a love-hate relationship, but Mm -hmm. I just never really understood it. I just knew it was a tool or something that we needed to provide our necessities, comforts in life, and, you know, to obtain the goals, financial goals of what we had. But I never really understood my relationship with money. And so my sister actually brought this to my attention. She and her husband, they were doing, you know, marriage counseling. And so she was like, in one of their sessions, the therapist had asked them because that was the one of the conversations they were bringing up um, in one of their session was about finances. And so she said the therapist just got to talking to her about her relationship with money and really digging into each of their perspectives on what they understood about money and the importance of money and what money meant to them. And she said she started digging back into their childhood and asked them, like, what were you taught about money? How do you, you know, what are your thoughts about money? And so she was like, and as she was going back and she started to explain to her what our family was, you know, what it was like in our household and the conversations are like they're up about finances. She said she was just amazed at how her childhood or our childhood really affects our relationship with money now, as an adult, and that was so interesting. I was like, and I was, and so I went to research that, and I'm like, okay, this is really something here. There is a, a whole psychological movement to money and what we feel about if we feel about money. I mean, I knew the basics of, you know, like when people grow up poor, mm-hmm. and so when they get older, they may have a certain style with money. You know, like they may be very conservative, like they hoard money, or they may be overspenders, or you know, or um, what is that word? overachievers and, you know, in certain areas because of that. But I never knew that it was different. Financial personality types is what it is. Like, I didn't know it got really deep like that. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just like
1: anything. Like, you know, sex, love, um, you know, just the different topics that we cover from family to anything, um, your love languages, those kind of things. I feel like it's it's the same. And you do have different people who like I can give a prime example. We just had a, a call or class like a couple weeks ago with Ecoversity. And it was really interesting because somebody was just really upset about like the cost. And for me, you know, to me, it's like it's nothing because I understand the value of a thing. So for me, I, I feel like money is like you said, use the word a tool. But I love how Stephen Brooks answered the person. He, he listened to everything they had to say. And then he said, I really challenge you to really assess your relationship with money. And if you do have a hatred towards it or a negative, you know, feeling towards it, you really need to look into that because like you said, money is a tool. So if I I need something and maybe I misused it or maybe I didn't have enough of it, you know, growing up or whatever. And so because I didn't have like, let's say, let's just give an example of building a house. You know, you need, maybe you need six hammers or you need a saw or whatever. And you didn't have enough of those to get the thing done. Do you just hate that tool for the rest of your life? because you didn't have that or enough of that. No, you know, Mm -hmm. you can't. And so I think psychologically, we all have to do some type of assessment and really break down our own thought process and why we have this hatred. And I think a lot of it too, it goes to religion because, you know, we sit, a lot Mm -hmm. of us will sit in churches and they talk about the love of money and money is the root of all evil and all these things. So we're taught, Like in the beginning, for those of us who have have a religious background or history, we're taught that like money is a bad thing when actually even if it wasn't the money that we see, it could have been something else. It could be it's just that is the tool that we use as an exchange to get the means of whatever it is that we need. So, like you said, it's a lot.
0: There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. It is. And so and I was thinking back to when I was younger and like, what what was my household? What was the temperature in my household like around money? I knew there wasn't enough of it. I knew like my grandmother worked hard. I knew my mother worked hard, but money was never really talked about. You know, it was it was always a feeling of there never being enough. You know, the Robin Peter to pay Paul. Parent was always stressed about not being able to make ends meet. I did know that. And I understood that the questions to mom, can we have McDonald's or can we get this? I ain't got no money. I'm broke. That's just all I knew about money. Like no one on my mom's side, you know, we we never sat down as a family or I never sat or was at the table or witnessed my mom pay bills and stuff like that. There was no conversations with me with, okay, this is how you save money. Let's go get a savings account. Here's how you write a check out. None of that. It was my father's parents. They were very financially literate, very financially fit. And they were the ones to teach me about savings, earning a keep, earning a dollar, the importance of money, how to save it. They took me to open up my first bank account, taught me how to write check, taught me how to use a calculator to add and subtract money, you know, all of that. But in but in my mom, you know, because I primarily stayed with my mom, none of that was ever talked about. And I think it was because they didn't have a lot of financial literacy either. All we knew was living to, you know, Living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. paying a little bit on the bills over here, stretching it a little bit over there, paying the disconnect notice so it don't get disconnected. The phone, you know, back then, you know, we had the house phone, we didn't have cell phones and stuff. But you know, the phones being disconnected and just, you know, I think it's a, a growing up in the hood. A lot of people experience that. Mm-hmm. There's more than a lot of people who the struggles of being on a limited income or not having enough money.
1: But you know what? I don't I honestly don't think that how do I say this? I don't think it's a matter of whether a person is rich or poor or, you know, middle class, whatever. I think it just goes into the parent because you can have a poor person that can teach their child about finance. Like I grew up Absolutely. in a, I grew up in like, you know, some would say middle I never I never saw my mom or dad get a disconnect notice. They were both entrepreneurs. I honestly feel like I they always had money or they were always taking us mm-hmm. to do something. We just was always if there was a lack of money, I never really knew about it in that sense, mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. I got older to where, you know, I was learning more about bills and things like that. And I wanted, and my only means of figuring it out was like, okay, I just got to go work a job. But even in that, You know, like I I can't tell you how many young people, including myself, who went and got a credit card and didn't even understand how it works. How does uh, that work? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have like my mom and dad didn't teach me about that. You know, I just knew they were entrepreneurs and they knew I learned really from them just how to get money. But I never learned how to Mm -hmm. manage money. And I think you have. People like that, even rich people where they just give their kids money and then their kids go out and they live life and they don't know how to. I remember a friend of mine, she I remember her calling me and asking me, like, how do you get a cell phone in your name? Like, how do you how do you get a cell phone? <laughs> and, you know, no, we lose not even knowing that. And she, you know, she she's not she's not that much younger than me but for her to have been in her 20s and had just, you know, had her parents doing everything for so long. And to not Mm -hmm. know that it blew my mind because I'm like, I've been, you know, working since 15, 16 and have my own car and, you know, paying my bills and all this and that. So for me, it was different. But I had to learn the hard way because they didn't they didn't sit down with me and like show me how to create a budget or mm-hmm. show me like, okay, this is what this means when it says there's a penalty if you don't pay this on this date and how this works, mm-hmm. you know, or less, mm-hmm. or even the kids who, you know, when they send, as soon as you turn 18, they start sending them things in the mail for you to start ordering magazines and they say, we're going to yeah. send you all these magazines and then you get a bill in the mail, like, wait a minute. And not realizing like, oh,
0: I got to pay for this. <laughs> oh, this is not free stuff. Oh, okay. I had to pay for this. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but, you know, I think that and then too, not having the knowledge on how to manage finances, I think that's why my first time out on my own is the reason why I failed because nobody, <laughs> you know, sat down and with me and said, OK, you're ready to get your own apartment. Here's how much you make. Here's how much the bills are. You don't make it. You know, you don't make enough to move out right now. or you're going to have to work more often. But I couldn't because I was going to school and, you know, trying to balance both. But like you said, when you turn 18, honey, they're sending the credit cards in the mail, proving you for everything under the sun. So you talking about I'm going to college. I had my apartment, had a new car, everything. And then it was like, oh, you got bills for this. You know, Mm -hmm. bills are due like and no one told me. I'm like, wow, these bills come around every month and you think the months stretch out. But it was like, no, them. Bills came quickly every single month. And so then, you know, couldn't afford to pay. So I had to go home. You know, my grandparents could afford to bail me out. And so I didn't have those things on my credit. My grandfather was able to get me out of my car loan. It was a bad deal. And he was able to call his lawyer and they got me out of that car deal. So it didn't go on my credit. You know, they paid my apartment off. and so. But I learned a lot from that first experience. You know, it was just kind of like a trial and error. And that's such a blessing that you had that because, it is you know, so many people who do not. It's still along the way. I, you know, I still made, you know, a lot of bad money decisions, Um, not I was never a big credit card fan. After the first time the rodeo with the credit card, I was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I I get it now. I understand you gotta pay this back, and with Mm -hmm. interest." So I didn't have a lot of credit card debt. Mine's were my debt was made was comprised of medical bills. You know that little silly little debt. You know the medical bills, the fingerhut magazines, all that kind of stuff that you know racks up over time. Part of me, honestly, a part of me uh, at one point was upset with my parents because I'm thinking to myself. Like, gosh, how can you guys, how did you not prepare me for this? None of your children for this. Like, we just, it just felt like you were just sent out in the world to just kind of figure out things for yourself. And then after one, I was like, okay, well, I understand now they, they didn't know much about it. And which, you no, know, which was weird because my dad, I thought my dad should have known coming from his dad being an accountant and they were just really, you know, a strict, you know, a stickler about money, even though they had a lot of money, they were frugal with it and they spent their money wisely. And so I thought, you know, my daddy would have the same type of mindset, but Again, just to go to what you said, when you have those kids that come from wealthy parents, the parents really don't teach them about, you know, those types of money management things. And then they just go out in the world and think that, oh, money just continues to go on trees or because I have rich parents, they're always going to be there to bail but me this out. This
1: goes into a really good point. I don't know if you remember, like a, about a week ago. I posted this post on Facebook and it says putting our children out at 18 without a plan is a generational curse. And I Mm -hmm. had a lot of people comment, you know, just really, you know, in agreement. But then I had Mm -hmm. one person comment and they said, I don't know what kind of plan an 18 year old could have. Excuse me? And she kind of mentioned that her children, they're grown now, but they when they left, uh, they never had to come back or I can't remember how she said it. I had to respond and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, in my mind, we're doing our children a disservice if we think that at 18, they're not capable of creating a manageable plan for themselves. But at the very same time, we would let them leave out of the house because at like at 15, at me being 15 and my grandmother just being in the state that she was just with her health. She lived for a long time. But just by the time I was 15 years old, my mom was working overnight um, for the police station and um, we would be home just, you know, me and my sister and my grandmother. And we needed to make sure that if something happened to her, that I could drive her to the hospital or whatever. So I ended up getting my license a little bit early. I ended up graduating from school a little bit early. Um, I moved out of the house a little bit early, but it was into onto one of my grandmother's properties. So they had um, houses in other areas. And so we had one house that was like kind of behind our home on the other end of the block. And so I lived there at like 16. I moved into there. And my mom's like, well, you got to you know, pay the lights. You need to like be responsible. You need to pay bills here. And so I worked and I did that. But my thing of it is, And I'm not saying like, you know, everybody has to be as independent as I may have been at my age. I do believe there's people that are far more independent than I was at at my age. But what I think is it's a disservice to our children to believe that they are not capable of having a plan at 18. And whose fault is Mm -hmm. it really if we think that they're not capable? Is it our fault as a parent? Because maybe they're not capable because we didn't prepare them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was just my thought process when I posted that and I read the response. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that I agree Because I think when we sit and we say, oh, a child can't have a plan at 18, what we're saying is, no, I'm just choosing not to prepare them. Kids
0: are way smarter than what we give them credit for. And we can start making those, just like how my grandparents started to make those deposits when I was 12 years old is when I got my first bank account. My grandfather sat me down and he taught me how to write out a deposit slip, how to write out a withdrawal slip. Kids are able, you know, you can teach kids just about anything. And when they get to that age, like 15 and 16 I, I think the lessons on money and finances become a little bit more complex. I think it should match their understanding, their level of understanding. But yeah, especially when my kids hit 15 and 16 year old, we're, we're going to do financial training. I'm teaching them about, you know, what my grandparents taught me, opening up, a, you know, a savings account, um, talking about how to write a balance and write a checkbook, um, how to start a savings. Even right now, I have started the process on getting that entrepreneurial mindset, like figuring out, tapping into those trades and skills and gifts in them and saying, what do you want to do? Even when we're playing pretend play and Carter acts like he's the owner of a restaurant. Caden acts like she's a hairstylist and different things. And we exchange money Carter, even he likes to play waiter, like he likes to serve us at dinner and he likes to play our waiter and stuff like that. We don't see that like these are little trades and little entrepreneurial things that, you know, we can pour into the spirits of our children and then start to build upon that. Because when my kids turn 18, yeah, we may not have their whole life mapped out for them to follow. I believe that children should have the basics at 18. Because at 18, whether we want to stay, them to stay at home or not, they have a right to go, you know, wherever they want to go. Whether they want to stay at home, go, you know, go to college and stay on campus or not go to college and, you know, go into straight into the workforce and get their own place. I'd rather them to make any of those decisions with financial mm-hmm. literacy. You know, now if they get out there and mess it up, that's on them. But I prefer them make a conscious choice to mess up than to just be out there saying, Well, you know, I didn't know. You know what I mean? But I think even furthermore, like what I'm really excited for us to get into
1: is just really talking candidly about just like the resources, the information that maybe we wouldn't even have considered. I'll give you a prime example. I was in a um uh the what Black Americans living abroad in the Facebook group. Um, today. And, you know, somebody had posted about them, um, you know, wanted to just pick up and just leave, you know, just leave and, and move. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny to l- read all the different responses. And so many people were like, financially, it's going to cost this and it's going to cost that. And I wouldn't do that. And this is, you know, and they just all of their their thought process. And um, some people were like, you don't know, just go, but you need X amount of money. And I'm just reading all these responses and I'm thinking in my head, I spent, less money in a month traveling through Costa Rica than I do back home in a month. And, that, mm. and I know that that sounds wow. crazy, but the reason why I brought this up is because like you were talking about, like your children and the options that they have, like, let's say, you know, Carter, you know, he graduates high school and he's like, mom, I just want to do a gap year and I just want to travel. And immediately what the dollar signs go off in the head and the red flags, like travel, you traveling, like who paid for that? <laughs> you know, but right. just to know that there's resources out there where he could travel and go stay in an intentional community where it's free and all he has to do is put in some labor every day. Like, and when I say that Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, I'm just, I'm going just really deep into like the bartering system and how do we, Mm -hmm. how do we financially live a life where we are maybe not using the term, you know, penny pinching or whatever, but how do we really equip ourselves to have that financial literacy and to see money as a tool, but to also see that money is not the only way that you can get from point A to point B because I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. when we yes. put you know we put money in like we put it's like this, that American dream, like we talk about, you know, the American nightmare. <laughs> um, but we put money mm-hmm. in this, in this, we idolize it and we put it up here, and we it's this thing, like this god that we we don't fully understand, but we know we want it and we need it, not realizing that there's ways to have a healthy relationship with money and have a, a decent amount of it, but also to know that that's not the center. And I think too, that's where people really get off is when they put money in this place, in this position of, like I said like this thing that we're worshipping and I just need more and I just need more you know and the only answer is getting more that's when it becomes so unhealthy and in the the literacy of it really goes out the window cuz it's just like if I could just get more of it with it becomes even more toxic
0: if you are a budget diva like me every dollar saved helps when it comes to taking care of your family so here is this week's make it make sense budget tip while normally i usually save my grocery shopping days for sundays i just discovered that most stores put out their weekly discount and coupon programs on wednesdays yes on wednesdays and you know what if you go to the store on wednesdays it's not as crowded as it is on the weekend so you ain't got to fuss and fight and then spend all your coins on food so head on over there on wednesday so you you can get those deep discounts and save you a coin. What I'm hoping to learn this month is how to live mm-hmm. below my means. Uh, living below, I mean, you know, people think, OK, well, I I can afford it. You know, I can afford to live this way. And it's just like, OK, well, yeah, can, just because you can pay for it and you can afford it doesn't necessarily mean that you should be living to this, you know, maximizing this much of your income towards living expenses. And for me, it was um, living below below my means was really an emotional thing for me. You know, when someone says, okay, well, you can live in an apartment, but does it really have to be the luxurious apartment? You know, I had to choose the luxurious apartment. I had to choose, you know, places that would chew up you know, a big chunk of my income, you know, just because I like to live in a nice space, um, a nice neighborhood or to feel safe or whatever, or I didn't want to give the image of looking poor or looking like, you know, I was struggling or, you know, or couldn't afford to live at a certain level. And then You know, but that just goes into money and how we worship money and, you know, and just trying to put off airs, just trying to look good, just trying to, you know, live, have that American dream, which, like you said, is the American nightmare. But really, you know, tapping into that and saying all of this is just a it's just a facade. It's just a now we see is a trick of the system, of this cycle that keeps us in debt, that keeps us poor you know, that keeps our health bad because we're working ourselves over time, we're stressing, we're not eating right, we're not sleeping. And so I really am going to welcome this information and this insight on how to live below my means and change the narrative and the stories and the the beliefs that I told myself. Right. Really or
1: even just shifting your thinking, right? You know, I'll see groups all the time, you know, and I'll, and I'll use us. And when I say us, I'm talking about Black folk because, you know, I don't know what I'm not going to get into how I view other people and how they do things, but just for us, I'm talking about us. So black folks, I'll see groups of us all the time and we come together and we'll go and we'll spend like each person. Let's say they put in three thousand dollars to go on a vacation. So you're talking about a group of 10 people. They don't mm-hmm. put down three thousand dollars a piece to go on a vacation. Do you know you could take that same thirty thousand dollars and put, by, put money down on an investment property in another country and y'all can own that thing? And just take a trip year. there
0: every year. Every a little year. Bit about that.
1: Like, it's stuff like that that is just mm. like, and you can rent it out while you're not there, <laughs> you know, and it's stuff like that, but we'll go buy a timeshare, but we won't, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it, like for there. me, it's yeah. just, We really have to get into what's the rhyme and reason unless we really need to look at the things that I love growing up. Is like when I used to make decisions, especially once I got, you know, older, you know, into like my Mm -hmm. early 20s and, you know, late teens, but just sitting down and and writing out that statement of like, you know, you draw the line down the paper and then you put your um, the positives and the negatives whenever you're making a decision Mm -hmm. and you write on one side all the Mm -hmm. things that, you know, you could benefit from it and all the other things on the uh, the negative side or whatever and I think like we just need to really start looking at stuff in that same way like okay yes I can go take this trip right now and I'm going to lose $3,000 and then if I want to go do this again next year I'm going to have to do the same I'm going to have to spend the same amount of money and I'm only going to be there for a weekend or we can collectively come together and make this decision and like I said I'm just using this investment property thing as an example we really need to look at the assessment of what it looks like and how we're using money how we're spending Mm it the relationship And like you said, if it means spending less or if it means, okay, I'm going to still spend the same amount of money. Like maybe I don't need to reorganize my budget. I just need to look at what I'm spending my money on. Or maybe right. I do, like you said, I need to just scale that and difference. say, okay, I want to save for X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. whatever. But at the end of the day, I think it's just the the conversation in itself is so needed because it's at this point, it's, it, I, when I look around and I see the things, like I even look at and I think about even growing up and I'll go to my black man's house and they got, you know, video games and, like, stupid stuff, you know, like, they done spent all this money on, like, Mm -hmm. hair and nails and makeup and, you know, da 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 And then I go to my wife's friend's house and they got books and... They are showing me like a bunny that they just bought and they're going to start, you know, but that's the whole mm-hmm. farm life that my mom kind of introduced me to as, as a young girl. But those things, those experiences, those things that yield um, a return. And when I think about how we've been taught, you know, just even that whole poverty mindset, it's like, are, are we we're, we being we're being taught to spend money on stuff that maybe it provides an experience for a moment. And then you go and you see mm-hmm. these other Mm -hmm. you know, um, households and how they're spending and they're spending something that yields a return continuously. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah.
0: I want to practice being Mm -hmm. a conscious spender, detaching my emotions Mm -hmm. away from money, being a, you know, a better saver, just really getting disciplined and committed. I'm doing better at it. I'm doing so much better at it. I'm actually proud of myself for what I've accomplished and I'm actually interested too um in in learning new and different ways on how to live and I guess the best word that I can use mm. is living frugal, how to spend consciously, you know, upcycling things and just doing, you know, stuff like that and just really do a check on like being conscious of, you know, like switching out the light bulbs okay. to a more energy saving light bulbs, you know. I, I think I you think know, we I'm just that. really into that, that oh, now. Right, you can go- yeah, let's make up something and we can. People can follow us and say, OK, was it really worth it? You know, did you really save that much money or, you know, is this a practice that you want to continue?
1: So hey, let's just find can, out and see. We come together next weekend. So every weekend when we come together and we're sharing this, what we can um, at the opening, we can just share how much money we've spent so far throughout the month. One of the things I realized is that if I ever set a goal like a financial goal, I usually I usually meet it like my per in my personal now in business, I feel like um mm-hmm. You know, I, I struggle with fundraising and so I'm trying to learn about things like that. But in terms of like my personal, I want to save more and then I want to, um I want to redefine my budget. So I really want to look over how I've lived life over the last year um when COVID happened and all of that. I really, like I just went into this whole minimalist, you know, zone. And so that's where I'm at right now in my life. And so I really mm-hmm. want to apply that to just really how I do basically everything. So I want to eliminate like things that we don't need stuff. We don't need to do um, subscriptions, whatever it is, you know, just all of that. I want to just get rid of it. I want to, um, and I really want to spend more time in nature. I feel like what I notice is the more time we spend outside, the less money we spend So like, we're not, when we're not using utilities and stuff like that. And we're like today, you know, I I figured I'm like, I picked the girls up from school and I'm like, we're just going to go to the park. And we just spent like an hour and a half at the park. And then once we came home, you know, I just cooked dinner. We ate and they got ready for bed. So I really want to take some of those principles of just like really spending time in nature. And I want to use it to reshape my budget and Mm -hmm. even my schedule. And I feel like if I can do that, then it will help me um, save. And it'll also help me really figure out what I want to do for like
0: my long term. wow i so enjoyed this episode and i hope you did too but the fun doesn't have to stop here go on over to our instagram page and follow us there for the after party for a review of this episode and so we can chop it up with you guys as always you know we are rooting for you so until next time despite life highs and lows make sure you are creatively doing life by design